You're listening to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. I'm here with Paul and we are here to talk about another year in gaming. That's pretty exciting. Paul, why don't you reveal the year in question? All right. This this week we are going to do uh 1990, which is just just the worst year to try and find information on because <laughs> you can't tell Google 1990 without Google saying, "Oh, the 1990s, all of it." it it's it's impossible. <laughs> we tried. We got your backslashes. We we had quotation marks. We did all the Google tricks and and it would still just not cooperate. So I'm looking and so is Anna at, at a list to keep us fresh as we talk. And it's from Wikipedia, and there's no thumbnails, which is just a bummer. I, I, I need the colors and the vibrancy to get excited. So, Well, we, we, we have a fix for that. So Paul and I have wandered away and found some big box games, which we're holding on to so that we can verify, A, that they're a 1990 game, and B, that it is a physical, tangible thing we can look at. It, it's like a thumbnail. If you hold it, just like put your box in front of your computer and then move it away until it becomes thumbnail size. Yeah. And you're kind of good to go. <laughs> yes, or take your glasses off, whatever you've got to do to <laughs> distance it. So so my esteemed colleague, Anna, here is going to explain to us the asterisk mark that we discovered regarding development and release dates when the line is blurred, such as like when a game is released in January, like Conquest of Camelot. So so take it away, because you did the you did the, the groundwork on this. Yeah, actually, I've I've done some footwork on this. What happened was we found that Conquest of Camelot was in the 1990 list, verified by Wikipedia that uh, that this is a thing and this is when it came out. But I was like, that's great. I ran out to get my big box because, of course, I want to hold on to it if we're doing the episode. And my big box says 1989. So correct us if we're wrong because we actually don't know. We're just assuming at this point that because the game was released in January, it was developed in the year previous being 1989, which is why we see 1989 on the box. But 1990 is actually the release so there's our little technicality. Really long story short is we think we've we've done sufficient homework on this to, to give you facts. And, and the conclusion that we both came to was in, in the case of Camelot, if you look on Wikipedia, you'll see January 1990. If you look on the back of your box, you might be like, you know, what's what's bloody this about? I trust you guys for information. And the box says 89. Well, the, the deal is, is that the copyright was acquired um, obviously, at least a month before the game is released. So if the game was released in January, copyright was the year before, but we're going by released and not developed. So, so Conquest of Camelot, despite your box's copyright stamp on it, is a 1990 game, and I guess let's let's bloody let's start with that one. Lucky for me, I was able to play it when it first came out. My dad brought it home, and it's one of those games that always stuck in my head. A because of the timeline, it got me interested in that side of mythology or history. It depends on who you're asking, and it got me into riddles. Like I already liked riddles, but this game, if you played it, has quite a few of them. And back in the days when I played it, I had no other way to solve the riddles other than to solve the riddles. So I would be like, here's the riddle. I'd go to my dad. I'd go to my mom. I'd write them down. I'd have them, you know, and I'd, I'd sit there and I'd look at them. And I, I mean, I finished the game. So I solved the riddles. I mean, I guess so this, this game taught me history and got me to problem solve. 
I really don't know how a game could be any better. Yeah, no, especially when you put it that way. It's it's funny because the things I think we we seem to really really get poetic about when when we look back is is the games that really made us work for it. You know, because we remember the payoff being so huge. You know, of, of finally getting it and. And it's just funny because that's stuff we would not put up with nowadays. Like, just, just oh, do God. not have time to spend weeks or months on riddles. <laughs> um, or even just fleeting moments on riddles. It's not going to happen. But yeah, I think this is another example of a game that uh, I wouldn't have had time for if I had other games to play. That sounds terrible, and I've said it before, and it's absolutely no disrespect to the games. It's just like, when I go back and I play them now... I realize there's a lot of thinking and problem solving and yeah. going back to it over and over again and then more thinking and more problem solving. They're still typing like this is this is not like an easy I'm going to play through this in an afternoon, even though I've never played it before without any hints kind of a game. So right. I'm so glad I played it back then. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I missed the boat on that one. I, I mentioned it briefly in, in a past episode, but long story short is... I, I really want to play it. I'm a, obviously, a, you know, big Sierra fan and, and specifically I just love the era of, of SCI zero and, and, and let's just say parser games and stuff like that. But it's like, I'm kind of saving it. I'm being like that mm -hmm. obnoxious kid in class when like the teacher would hand out like a, a sweet to everybody. And there was that one kid that saved it until everybody ate theirs and then took it out and ate it like a dick. That's, that's what I feel mm -hmm. like I'm doing. Like I'm, I'm savoring it because. It's like, it's going to be, well, but, eh, okay, there's Codeman Iceman too. I was going to say it'll be my, my last, like, virgin experience with uh, Text Parser, which is such a gross and nerdy way to put it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I totally get it, right? <laughs> yeah, thank you. But, but you know, and and I've got more of an open mind to, to Iceman thanks to, uh, you know, Armish, uh, Sean McCauley in the guild and, and other people kind of standing up for it, making me feel like, you know, I might not love it, but I, I might not hate it. Like, I feel like I'm guaranteed to, but that's... That being said, Camelot is a beloved game. I loved Longbow from Christy Marks as well, so I, I kind of know I'm going to love it. So I'm just, I'm just saving it. <laughs> As, you know, it's, it's a good one. Just see if you can solve the riddles without looking them up first. I like. I'm just, I've been sitting here racking my brain. I'm trying to remember some of the some of the ones. I think I, there's this one. There's weight in my belly, trees on my back, nails in my ribs, feet do I lack. That's one of the ones I remember. Uh, yeah. No, I, I, I'm, I'm not a riddle guy. I, uh, <laughs> brain doesn't work like that. Well, I can't, I can't solve it now. So, y'all listeners, if you don't <laughs> know the answer, go play the game. I mean, I know the answer, but I'm not going to tell you the answer. And of course, you're not going to Google it because you are all good, good children. So, yeah, we'll carry yeah. on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll throw another riddle out there later if I if I remember one. But yeah, totally go out and play it. Uh, Christy Marks, amazing. I always talk about her because the story is I watched Gem when I was a kid and I didn't know that it was the same person making the cartoon I liked that made the games that I liked. I did not make that connection. But it's not like That's the cool. creators of Gem were like, oh, here's a picture of the person who made it and how cool they are. And here's a picture of them dressed up like a knight in armor, like Sierra did on the back of the Camelot box, right? They're just like, here's Gem. She's a cartoon. Watch it. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, I guess being, being so like, uh, it'd probably be hard to do an Easter egg for, for like Robin Hood or Camelot y stuff in Gem. You know, like, but I am kind of curious if if there's ever sort of any sort of Easter egg to any of her other works in in any of those episodes because I didn't watch them then, so you know I'm not a 
Not gonna now. <laughs> You're not a gematologist? No, no, I'm not. I'm very passionate about stalactites and stalagmites, but it ends there. Right, right, right. I think uh, it's it's actually, you know, just a side note here, but like my dad, who just finished reading the book Hackers, which was done up in the 80s and is, and is super nerdy, but it talked a lot about the origins and, and the beginnings of computery nerdy stuff back then. He said to me, who runs the company? Who is the face of the company? Who leaves the legacy from the company? Is it Ken or is it Roberta? And, you know, it's a really interesting question because he's the yeah. big boss man. He's the guy that did it, but she's the one on the ground giving us all the stuff. Yeah, that's a fun question. It, it really is because, yeah, it's I, – I mean, I, I I I kind of feel like I would talk about it for an hour and then conclude that it's impossible to split them and you'd have to just call it a, a duo. Because yeah, yeah. I feel like that's that's an acceptable answer at certain times in, in pop culture and such where it's just – you just can't separate the two. Bet you Camelot was supposed to be released at Christmas time. I'm just guessing. I'm totally spitballing. You know, y'all yeah, yeah, can yeah. totally contest this. But I, I just, I wonder, because it seems like a little bit of an anomaly. If something came up, it wasn't able to be released when it was supposed to be released. I don't even know if it's related at all, but it kind of makes me think it might have been. I think for anybody that, that, you know, read the Sierra Adventure or Ken's book or even listened to our interview with Ken and, and Roberta, I don't think that you'd be able to ever imagine a scenario which Ken was like, I want this game to ship just after Christmas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that, like... was, that was his whole thing was Christmas. <laughs> like the the, re the most infamous problems and bugs in Sierra games are because Ken really wanted it out for Christmas. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, I think I, I, I would, I would blindly put money on that being a fact. It, you know, it's a fact. Mm -hmm. I, I decided it is now, unless he said <laughs> somebody formally contests us. Uh, well, I'm just hoping people are paying close enough attention that if they hear, they hear something that's uh, that's not a fact, they can correct us. And let's see. So yeah, Loom, Loom, you played it, right? Did you play it a long time ago? Were you younger? When did you play Loom? Um, both. Yeah, played it when I was younger, and and uh, at least twice in the last six years, um, for sure. Hmm. Probably like six years ago, and then maybe two-ish ago. But um, yeah, I had this weird this weird thought the other day where. I, I don't I don't have I don't have a ton of nostalgia for uh LucasArts games except for both Indiana Jones games, uh Maniac Mansion and Loom. Which means that, mm -hmm. that I I guess my, my dad perhaps wasn't kinda into them as much or mm -hmm. like it's just weird. I don't remember playing Monkey Island as a kid, which is really strange because, you know, my my dad was obsessed with adventure games. We had just all of them. Um, but, but there, there's like these holes with, with specifically LucasArts ones and just being a nerd, as silly as it might sound, cause he's, he's not with us anymore. That would, that's, that's scarily high on the list of things I would ask him. If I only had three questions, that would probably make it in to be like, <laughs> yo, you know, what was the, what was the story with that? Like, why was there, I, I know, I know why there was Indiana Joneses, for example, him being a big fan of those. Um, <laughs> But I don't know. Again, I don't know. It's weird that I don't remember Day of the the, the Tentacle or um, Monkey Island. But anyway, back back to them. Yeah, I played, played them both um, at both times. And yeah, what about you? Uh, my, I don't know. I didn't get into LucasArts games, and it wasn't a special thing. So my dad kind of showed up randomly with some LucasArts games sometimes 
this being the one-off, and I, I think I mentioned it a few episodes ago, because, you know, I'm, I'm quizzing. Y'all remember what I did a few episodes ago. <laughs> and I said that my dad brought it home, and he said, here's a game. It's called Loom. It's a musical game. It's not like the other games you play. You're probably not going to like it. I couldn't right. figure heads nor tails out of it. So I was like, oh, man, okay, it's a musical thing. I'm pretty sure I literally was just like, I'm going to use this as a coaster. I don't even think... I bloody turned the thing on. If I did, it would have been for five minutes and I never even understood the basic concept. I kind of treated it like I treated the dig, like mm. I don't get it. Right. And I didn't realize until later. And then I joined the guild and everyone's like, give it a try. But then I couldn't find a copy of it at the time that wasn't like the remastered version. And I, I finally got a copy and, and played through it, you know, I think in the last year or so. And it was a pretty, it was a sweet little game with the remembering the notes and, and the new tunes and figuring out, oh, now you got to, you know, spoiler, do things backwards, stuff like that. Like just, just figuring it out from the beginning because it's LucasArts. It's kind of straightforward, right? And it's not a very long game. So it's right. worth it to play. Yeah, yeah, it is. It it, it is. I, th I think one of its crit criticisms, because there isn't many, would would be that it's shorter. But it's it's really it's not that short if you're not using a walkthrough. Like it's it's not that yeah. easy. It's not you know it, it's um yeah it's it's not easy like full throttle. Yeah, that that was that was that that was. I, they they Lucasarts just nailed it every time with that perfect balance of, you know, it's, it's just. You you can get through like it's their their ability to land right in that pocket for for um like I don't know risk uh, not risk and reward but but they they walked a really good line with the difficulty versus achievable in other words the the puzzles were usually kind of perfect because they weren't immediately I know what to do but they usually <laughs> weren't look at a walk through hard you know they were really good at that but but um. But because of the staff note thing, and and yeah, the the instead of nine verbs getting getting the notes and stuff, like yeah, I feel like it would take a while without a walkthrough, like you know, a good five hours. But I don't yeah, know. yeah, I I I looked up a few things here and there just because I'm a grown up now, and clearly I don't know how to do things without walkthroughs anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, I pretty much always always use at least universal hints. Unless it's like mm -hmm. King's Quest Three, where it's like we're just let's just you know take a shot of espresso and get through this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is so punishing, but yeah, Loom's great. We we did do an episode on it a, a long time ago. Long time I, ago, I, before I, my I, days. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to hear it back. It's probably like pretty cringy and stuff. So a part of me wants to be like, hey, check it out if you want to hear more. But the other part of me is like, you know, sorry if you did, because I don't know, I don't know <laughs> what it's like. But but we did do an episode on it, so I, I won't go much more into it. I'll just say that you know it's it's phenomenal, and it's really fun, and yeah. Even if your dad says it isn't. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> He's pretty. You know, it's like uh, I think that was it. Was there even any other Lucas Arts games that came out in that year? Was that like the only one in our magical list we've been looking at? Um, I think so. Let me triple check. No, no, there's, there's, there's the absolute biggest one, uh, also came oh, out there. Monkey Island. Yeah. So I got Monkey Island in the LucasArts Archive Volume 3. And is that the one? Is that uh, 1990? Yeah. Yeah. So Secret of Monkey Island was 1990 as well, October. Yeah. 
Because I got the the one that came in the LucasArts archives had Monkey Island 1 and 2 on a little compilation disc. So I was just able to just Monkey run Madness. through the both of them. Yeah, yeah. Speaking it was great. of duos, you can't, you can't really separate the two of them. I, I can't. Like, the, there's, the, the Monkey Island games really, really go together as, as one. Because they're both, they're both just perfect, pretty much perfect games. Like, like mm-hmm. o- almost perfect. I, I don't know why I'm even saying almost because it's not like I'm hiding something in the back of my mind. For anybody listening, it's like, well, what do you mean almost? I don't know. I just, I'm just, just in case, you know, I'm just <laughs> giving some wiggle room, but I, I think they basically are. I mean, they're, you know, you, you could probably put every Sierra game in, in one bag and just Monkey Island in the other and put it on a scale and Monkey Island's going to win. Like that's how big mm-hmm. it is. And so therefore it's for a reason. Yeah. I mean, I liked them so much. I obviously went and played all the rest of them. And now I think I have a version of one of them on the PlayStation and I have, uh, I got the, the telltale one with all of them in a little thing. So I haven't even played that, the, that newest one, the tell, telltale, telltale one. I haven't played that. Yeah. Same. But that certainly wasn't made in 1990. <laughs> so we don't have to talk about it. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, adventure game wise, again, we just you've got you've got the biggest adventure game of all time because it's, uh, I, yeah, I'm trying to think if I at all favor Monkey Island one over two or vice versa. Like if you gun to your head kind of thing. Apologies for for holding a, a figurative weapon at your head, but but. Mm. I am. Could you pick? Yes. Um, <laughs> could oh, you my god, pick oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! No, no, because I, uh, they're on the same CD, and I played them one after another. It's like I got Monkey Island in the expansion. It felt like it's like Monkey Island and more Monkey Island. It was just I don't know. I played them together, so they're together for me, hand in hand. Yeah, actually, I think you hit the nail on the head. We, we would need somebody to answer us that that played that didn't play them together. You know, like like <laughs> straight up, you know, played them when they released, kind of thing. And let them say, because the same as you, I played them like a month apart. So, so they almost blend together in a way. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it's 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 an amazing game. I, I feel bad because I feel like anytime Monkey Island comes up, I kind of dismiss it as like, well, you know, it's just so good. What, what else do you say about it? The, the listeners know the deal by now. Like I always give that same kind of shrugging off thing. So if you feel like I'm lingering on it, I'm, I'm pandering. I'm trying to just spend time talking about it. It's just, you know... A wonderful game. Damn it, I don't know what to say. <laughs> it is. No, it's freaking great. The colors are great. The humor was spot on. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm drawing the, the, the same blanks because in my head I can also just hear all the things that have been said about it before. I'm doing the thing again. I'm supposed to... My own opinions was I played it too many times, uh, the first 20 minutes of it too many times because I kept trying to... to I, I was really trying to make playing adventure games on my iPad a thing. Because mm-hmm. on paper, it's still the best way to do it. Like, like if you got yeah. a big old, big old twelve point nine whatever iPad, it's like this big screen sitting in your lap in bed. It doesn't get all hot, and 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 point and click was made for touch interface. It's it's just perfect. But I just I can never get into it. I don't know why. Like I don't feel committed to to tablets or phones. I guess. But anyway, yeah. I, I I kept trying to make that a thing. So I kept firing up Monkey Island, and bailing. And then I finally played it. And I just, I don't think I knew that you left Melee Island for like a year or two. And and then when I finally <laughs> put I'm like, oh my God, there's way more to this game than just, you know, the, the island. I, I never got past those trials. Um, so, so yeah, the, the game just opened up and, and yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, again, it's just, you know what? I know what I'll say. Go check out Yak Wax Lips. 
um, check out Michael's channel on YouTube. Go check out Yaxwax Lips and watch some of his playthroughs of the Monkey Island series because he does it justice. He's he's so much fun to listen to when he's playing them because he, he, his his enjoyment and nostalgia and enthusiasm it's it's like really contagious just just by the way he's he's narrating and going through it and having fun with it. I mean, I, I love his channel in general, so so please please go subscribe it uh, to it. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, that that's what Good I'll idea. say because. I don't have an original thing to say about it besides it's great, but Michael has a lot of really cool things to, to say about it. And it's just, it's fun to watch him play him, honestly. I really, really enjoy it. So yeah, there we go. Monkey Island equals go watch Yaks Wax Lips on YouTube. Subscribe, press the buttons. What's the next, uh, bloody game we got here? Let's see. Back into familiar territory oh. into Sierra Land with Quest for Glory 2 Trial by Fire, which says 1990 anywhere I look seems to be solidly in 1990, and now I mentioned in the 1991 episode about the switch between small boxes and big boxes, and Quest for Glory 2, Trial by Fire, is a small box compared to one of the other 1990 games, which is, okay, I had to shake the box a little. I said I wasn't going to shake the box, I shaked the box. But anyways, King's Quest 5, which is also on disc, is also 1990 and in a big fat box that's like twice the width, so... I wonder why. Me too. I'm I'm almost wondering if King's Quest V was the first of Sierra's big fat boxes because they they tr- kind of tried to roll in a new era with that title, you know, with the 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 CD-ROM thing going on and um mm-hmm. and the graphics, obviously. Yeah, like yeah, I'm kind of curious. I I'd almost suspect that's the, the answer. I just don't want to get too confident myself to inevitably be wrong. Which I probably am, mm-hmm. but it seems like they well, tried to change, do an image change around King's Quest V. There's a lot of discs. Like in my Quest for Glory 2 Trial by Fire, it is stuffed, but it could, everything can fit. Like looking inside King's Quest V, there is absolutely no freaking way that you would be able to get everything in this box into a skinny box. It just simply won't fit. So I wonder if it's necessity of size anyways. Yeah, because that's a good point. I remember the, the Quest for Glory... Uh, it, the, a lot of the SCI games that they, they would ship with, um, Camelot was one of them too. They would they would ship with like ten five inches, and, and then of course mm-hmm. you know the the four to six three inch discs, and it was just like very hard to put mm-hmm. it back mm-hmm. once you take yeah, it out. Exactly. So, and and like there's this certain way where you can like fan stack the discs. Like I guess there's probably some legit way I'm supposed to be doing it, but I swear if I don't like intersperse the discs amongst the other discs a little bit i can't get some of my game boxes closed all the way properly yeah i, I never played enough tetris to to really get that locked down <laughs> <laughs> no no i'm not good at that my my games before i started caring suffered horribly i'm sure like just the evidence from the games i still have left over from when i'm younger they suffered a little yeah <laughs> All right. So you you've played like we've we've been doing this. Let's keep this going. You've played Quest for Glory two, or you haven't? Have you? Uh, I have. I played. So I played the Quest for Glory series. Like I think it was like nine years ago now, and I played them all okay. back to back. Um, I gave some space between three and four, but I played them all back to back, and I played them all with walkthroughs, largely sitting in my Jeep, in in the parking lot of a farm. Uh, it's a long story, but it's it's not a good one, so we're gonna bypass it. But it's just not a bad one either. It's just you know not interesting. But anyway, enough about <laughs> that. Uh, I I just I don't I can't separate them very good, and I rush through them, and I used to walk through, and like I you know all these things to say that I I didn't I didn't I I didn't walk away with like a 
a real good understanding of the games. Like I, I don't I don't remember which ones, you know, the, where where it was the Sahara, for example, and and just yeah, I I need to replay them as as we've kind of talked mm-hmm. about in chat that I, I've kind of made it a goal to in the next like three months or so to play Quest for Glory One EGA and just just take my time with them like I like I have been games since then. With um, mm-hmm. you know, using hints if I need them and not a walkthrough, and just just stop and enjoy it. But so yeah, I kind of just know that I've played them, and I know that I liked it. But I I also know that you know I, I think a lot of me was like on autopilot, just filling in answers from a walkthrough for some reason. I don't know why it was at all even considered enjoyable to me at the time, but it was. I had a good time with it. But anyway, yeah, I, I don't I don't recall them individually or well enough to to talk too much about them but that's that's exactly why i want to play the ega first one and and you know make an episode of it because it's it's a beloved classic and i feel a little bit of shame for not uh bringing much to the table regarding the whole series ever (laughs) yeah no that that's good i would i would totally be down for that episode you know what i'm sitting here admiring is in this year the sound blaster support just fucking it went nuts you've got Adlib and Game Blaster, Roland MT32, LAPC. I'm am I saying this wrong? I don't even know these ones because I never had one of these. LAPC-1, CM-32L, Sound Blaster, and PS1. I'm like, PS1, don't you play games on that thing? No. <laughs> Apparently, if you have one in your computer, you can listen to sounds from this game. So that's freaking cool. <laughs> And you, and you got the weird thunder thunderboard thunder something driver sound card. Look, if you if you run a Sierra game from that era and you get an error about your sound blaster, just switch the driver to thunder whatever, and it works. Uh, I don't know why. That's just that's that's a fact though. You could bloody take it home with you. Yeah, yeah, it's nice to have these quirks. I didn't I didn't have any sound cards, so I was literally like beeping and booping my way through these games on an amber monochrome screen. You're like, "How can you play that? It's in a desert. Everything's amber, right?" But no, it, apparently it worked. So. <laughs> this is actually the most realistic amber ever got. Really really nailed the desert. <laughs> so, but yeah, all of these ones actually King's Quest 5 if I'm sticking within the Sierra vein. Surprise, I'm sticking within the Sierra vein. Uh, <laughs> but it's the same. It's it's got the hard disk or dual drive supported mouse and joystick optional. You've got your Roland, your LAPC1, AdLib Sound Blaster PS1 and Game Blaster sound cards. Okay, they put it in a different order, but like not required. Now, here's that 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 is the cool thing. They're not like yeah, you can get the most up-and-coming newest hardware and play this game, or you can just play the game. Right, yeah. Yeah, exactly. They always had your back and had, like, the the lesser drivers were available for you. They were good like that. What's what's interesting about King's Quest V was that it was... Sierra's really known for being an innovative company, and the, the, a lot of their innovations came together for King's Quest V. Obviously, mm-hmm. like their flagship, you know, their flagship series and a big deal to them. But yeah, King's Quest V got the, you know, the the first CD-ROM and the new graphics and all the variations and and that's what I was gonna say. It's interesting because there's you got the DOS version right with no no talkie, um, mm-hmm. and then and then there's the CD-ROM version with the talkie, and then there's another CD-ROM version that's Windows only. So there's one mm-hmm. CD-ROM that's Windows and DOS, and then there's another CD. It's the the CD that was sold in the um, uh, it's actually right, literally here. The CD that was sold in the Sierra Originals packs. It's a it's a blue jewel case, or, or the inserts mm-hmm. blue with gold font, mm-hmm. and that one's the Windows only one, as opposed to the CD 
uh, case cover where, where he's standing on the mountain, the snowy mountains. Um, and I, I might have those backwards, but I don't think I do. I think the snowy mountains one is the Windows and DOS, and the blue one is Windows only. But I say that to say, like, the character character portraits are, are a bit different in the Windows only mm-hmm. one. And it's just, you know, those fun little things, especially... Um, especially with a lot of Sierra games, because there were so many variants to those ones, where where you could go in there and just find oddly changed things, like just just an overly ambitious artist or developer that day just would do you know slightly different weird things to different versions. But um, I, I don't know, I find that fascinating. So it's kind of cool. You can get King's Quest EGA, King's Quest VGA, King's Quest VGA CD-ROM, and then King's Quest VGA CD-ROM with the slightly different portraits. So there's there's a lot of, there's a lot going on there. And then you've got King's Quest V for the Nintendo, which I actually now right. have, and I haven't played yet, but I've seen pictures, and that's a thing that happened. Which, it's funny to me, because it's like, it was the beautiful, it was the first hand-painted background game that I'd ever played. It was like my first point-and-click game outside of a parser game that I'd ever played. So to see what it looks like on the Nintendo is is kind of funny. I mean, and I know some people are super passionate about it, and it's the version that they played. But just looking at it from like a now 2021 stance, it's amusing. Yeah, no, absolutely. absolutely. It's, it's, um, yeah, I've got it, and I, I, I haven't played it, but I'm, I'm going to omit saying yet, because I don't think I will. <laughs> think I just wanted it. to own it. It's a looking game. Right, yeah, yeah. It's like the silverware your, your mom had growing up. You know, you just, you yeah. never, you never ate with it for some reason, but it was there. No, and you have to keep it. You're not allowed to get rid of it. It's just a thing that is now. It's a thing, and sometimes it gets polished. I don't know. It's a thing. Yeah, sometimes my cat knocks it on the ground. I mean, you never know. That's the fun part of having yeah. random things. <laughs> exactly. My cat's helping now. He's been he's now sleeping on the big box I'm just about to pick up. So, when did you play <laughs> King's Quest 5? Um, I played it as a as a kid and then so probably very close to if not right when it came out and then again really recently. Um as as you recall, I played through the first 6 of them. Uh Sort of no, I, two. Th- I played through. Th- <laughs> I played three through six recently, mm-hmm. um, pretty back to back, and I, yeah, I really liked it. It was really fun. Like I, I think I do like six more, but I was expecting to like six more than I did because it's yeah. just it, mm-hmm. it it gets such accolades, you know. Like it's just they they make it sound like. It's it's a league above the rest, which they're allowed to make it sound that way if they feel that that way. I'm, I'm, let me you know, let me get off your back. I don't mean to <laughs> come across like you're not allowed to feel that way. I just mean for me, maybe it was a little overhyped, and I thought six was gonna be a little more than it was. So then in hindsight, I was like, you know, five was really fun, mm-hmm. but but I can feel myself doing the underdog thing where it's like I'm tempted to pick five because it's not six, but that's probably not the case. Six is probably a little better because five was. Um, kind of brutal at times, but ultimately I, I really liked five. It was a lot of fun. And I have, I, I mean, Roberta Williams games are just the most brutal, um, mm-hmm. to, to the, to the many people who, who are kind of more LucasArts only and don't like Sierra games, uh, or not even don't like, but just more LucasArts, maybe haven't tried Sierra games. Do not start with King's Quest, please. Cause I want <laughs> you to like Sierra and, it's. Yeah. It, I think it's pretty hard to like King's Quest unless you're nostalgic for it, because they're just, 
They're just all mm-hmm. the worst things about Sierra. All the things that, that the LucasArts kind of crowd, if you will, will will make fun of Sierra for is it's probably coming right from a King's Quest game. They're just really hard because <laughs> Roberta Williams, bless her, she loved hard games. That was her thing. She, you know, the, the games that inspired her to make games were really difficult, and she enjoyed that. Um, yeah. And obviously, other Colossal people did cave, too. Cave anyone? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's a brutal like there's there's no way you're you're gonna handle the 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 you're gonna save the mouse from the cat like unless you know unless you look up a walkthrough we're told it's just you get one shot and it's like and and then you get all the weird speed timing issues with emulation and yeah it's it's kind of a mess I do stand by a few episodes ago I um I, a lot of episodes ago I kind of came to the defense of the the um the yeti with the pie thing because and I and I stand by that my logic was. Adventure gamers know that that you use your inventory on the situation. So if you get stuck, the, the first thing you do is go into your inventory and just use all the things on the problem. And mm-hmm. it, it you know, a lot of times it doesn't work, but I mean that's still the first thing you do. And like in that Yeti scene, I don't remember exactly, but I think visually I kind of recall having like six items on me. So it's like it wasn't even that many. Like I looked at my inventory, I'm like, well, the first thing I'll try is like this boot or whatever, because that probably makes the most sense and didn't work and then like the <laughs> second thing i tried was the pie and and mm-hmm. it's like yeah it's it's i mean i guess it's absurd that, that that would make him fall off the cliff but as far as being like a moon logic puzzle it's it's not it's ridiculous no. it's ridiculous but like and maybe the logic that a that a pie would make a yeti stumble off a cliff albeit fractionally possible is a, is is i guess where the moon logic thing comes from but i guess i'm saying in the moment when you're playing it it's it's not a hard, it's not like a, I need a walk through backwards Rumpelstiltskin no. kind of puzzle. It's just like, I've got a few things and this like makes the second most sense to throw at this thing right now. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You know, I didn't even understand moon logic till I joined these groups. I was just like, some of the puzzles were harder, but I didn't write the game. I'm just trying to figure out what the developer wants me to do. And yeah. I will cheat. And by cheating, I mean what you just said. Click everything on everything until something happens. That's why point and click games are easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Yes, and being able to visualize, you know, what you're combining. Mm-hmm. But um, otherwise, like, cause I like I've been going through and going back and playing parser games again. It's just hard to hard to figure out how to phrase everything the way that they want you to say it, right? I guess that's a common complaint. But in in the clicking game, you're like, I don't need to figure out nothing, but like click here, 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 unless I mix a pixel. Like, oh, I can't even complain about pixel hunting if there's no parser. It's just like click, click, click. It's no problem. Yeah, comparatively, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a fair point. But yeah, yet could I get through a point-and-click adventure game without a hint book? Or hints now that I'm a grown up. So click, 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 it's easy now. Or click, 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 it's easy when I used to be better at them. I don't know. Right. I, uh, maybe both. Because I can't argue that it would have been better, you know, or let's say easier, not better, um, mm-hmm. back in the day. But nowadays, it, it does help with the time factor, too, if you're trying to mm-hmm. just get through something. But anyway, it's it's a good game, and I would say, um, yeah, if, if it's your first Sierra game, make it not your first Sierra game. Um, and I'll, I'll also annotate that, that Roberta Williams was responsible for Colonel's Bequest directly, and that that's fine. That's not a brutal, that's not a Roberta Williams-y game when it comes to logic and puzzles and stuff, so so that is the mm-hmm. exception. But, uh, yeah, I feel better having said that. All right, well, let's, we don't have a lot of time left, so let's move on to our, uh, to the, to the non-Sierra LucasArts ones. Yeah, and, uh. 
Hang on. And I've, well, I'm, I'm going to throw in Rise of the Dragon. Uh, it's Dynamics. And I'm not questioning it because I think I'm pronouncing it wrong. I'm saying it like that because I think it is that. But anyways. Yeah, it on. is. It is. It's just, it's beautiful because a you've got over eight megabytes of game data it just it almost looks like so old school compared to a, a sierra game you've you've got blue hues on everything it essentially i mean i know it's got more it's got your your 16 or 256 colors but essentially with the hue and everything just kind of looks like nighttime and i don't know i don't know if you've ever played rise, rise of the dragon no, I, I haven't played Rise of the Dragon. I kind of grouped that together with, with Heart of China because they're both dynamics, both kind of first-person-y and, and just unique and cool and different. I really want to play them, but I haven't. And that I, I guess because of that reason, I can't add anything to that. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, Rise of the Dragon, that's another one. In the, and the only other, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to bring in my last one because it's the only other one I've got. But I've also got – and this, this I've actually just gotten recently off of a, a local – yard sale but it's sim earth which is another 1990 game i'm guessing you weren't much into sim games but the, this was a really hard beautiful fun game very complicated yeah no i never i never played i played a lot of sim ant and, and that's literally it well I, th I think i played a bit of sim city when it first came out i, I recall destroying <laughs> plenty of cities in my time but <laughs> but, but yeah yeah but uh disproportionate amount of love for sim ant but not Sim Earth. But yeah, this this is this is it. Sim Earth. It's like it was intelligent. You've got to deal with global warning. You can go from like dinosaurs all the way up to modern times. It's kind of like civilization without the politics. Right. right. Okay. Yuck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just uh, no appeal to me. <laughs> hang on, hang on. If if that doesn't get you, what about this instruction manual? Hang on, I'm going to get into this. Two hundred and twenty pages, and it's a book sized, like not. Uh, it, trade paperback i'm talking like almost a magazine sized instruction book this thing is beefy yeah no the the payoff it's not there it's just not there for me <laughs> <laughs> so I've, yeah that's I've, it that's I've, I've dropped out of state-run institutions for education based on books that were too large it's just it was never my thing very wordy. No. So you weren't into flight sims then because like flight sims damn those are some big ass books yeah, no, my dad was, but zero interest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the pacing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, so, I could yeah, play Red Baron for three minutes. That's that's, and I, I know that's not a simulator, but I mean that's as far as I go with light games. Oh, and Blue Lightning oh. on Lynx. Ah, oh, such a good game. See, there is a few. I like Microsoft Flight Simulator, the very very first one. That one was fun. Yeah, very polygonally. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's let's wrap this up with a few a few a few smaller hitters that that are that are you know worth a mention. One one will be Altered Destiny, which we brought up on mm. the show before, but that's I, I want to like it more than I do, but I, I do like it. It's it's from Accolade. Uh, if you're in a position to Google it as you're listening, like give give it a look. It's it's uh, or maybe you don't say those things because they lose interest in the show and stuff. Doesn't matter. Again, you're you're here. It's fine. We we, we 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 count on the the same basic number of you guys every week. It's, it's fine. It's it's uh, it's just it's a cool looking game. It, it it looks very much like a I don't know like um a, I don't I don't want to say generic Sierra because it, it's higher quality than generic you know and uh, would imply. But it's like a 
I don't know. It's just different. It's just a little different. Like the palettes, everything is just a little different. But there, there's definitely a Space Quest influence in a lot of the scenes. There's like your rock cave walls and like your walking on the edge of a planet kind of feeling like you get in Space Quest 3. And um, we've gone into it in the past before, um, especially Rick. I think he had recently played it. But but anyway, they, I, I'm just mentioning it. It's If nothing else, if you take nothing else away from this, it's, it's on GOG. So you, you can play it. But but mostly just just Google it because the screenshots are, are fun. It might get, you know it might spark something and make you want to try it. Um, yeah, and then um, we also got Geisha. That's pretty. That's 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 a pretty risque game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never played it. It's it's got no. kind of a if if I'm not mistaken, it's it's from Cocktail Vision, but it's got kind of a like a Mac Venture sort of feel. Um, or and of um to more to relate it to you like a spell casting. You know, with like a, mm-hmm. a the, the the graphic part of the screen is like a small square, you know, upper right, and then there's like you know word boxes and and so so to listeners like if if you could just imagine like deja vu uh, or Shadowgate mm-hmm. or something like that, it's it's got that kind of look to it. Um, yeah, again, I I, I want to play it, I just just haven't. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what what else. It's pretty actually yeah it says that's right spellcasting 101 sorcerers get all the girls also that is a that's a 1990 game that looks oh. like sexier than this game here actually that yeah. you're showing me <laughs> <laughs> the color is is pretty the 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 graphics i mean it's all the tiny tiny dots right so it's like well pixels i know you're like obviously it's all tiny tiny dots but i mean it's like a dot shading style the way it looks like if i just flip it over but it's it's a lot of reading. It's essentially like a text game, but you can do clicking on words and stuff. I don't. I don't think you've played these games. Am I correct? Yeah, correct. Yeah, I've not. I've not played Geisha. And yeah, you, you nailed it. It's like it's it's in that family of of again like the Mac Ventures and the spellcastings where it's pretty much a text adventure, but they give you a GUI and and a little screenshot mm-hmm. that changes not as much as you might think. Um, but I haven't, I haven't played this, so I could be, you know, I could be totally wrong about that last part. Hmm. Wow. I'm opening up my spellcasting book, and I have an official hint book in here. I didn't even know you could get an official hint book for this game. That's cool. Bonus. Yeah. Bonus. Yeah. So you got. Man, you got... this episode's awesome. It's getting me opening up all these boxes I ain't looked at in <laughs> ages. All right, and pretty much last on the list is Hugo's House of Horrors, so, and that's that's a fun little, I think, I think infamously shareware game. I don't know if you can say I think next to infamously because <laughs> it doesn't work like that. But but yeah, it was a shareware game. And a fun fact I know about that was it's not even that fun. But the, the, the guy who made it was, I think, kind of sick of people saying that it was a bit of a ripoff of Maniac Mansion. That he, he had claimed that he designed it before Maniac Mansion had came out. Which was interesting because mm-hmm. it you know came out, Hugo came out a lot uh, farther past that. A lot later down mm-hmm. the line. There we go. But um, yeah, I don't know. That's uh, I, I I could probably I, like I kind of want to play it, but I could also see that just just never happening. Um. Yeah, <laughs> I saw I saw somebody uh, Julia Minamata at the uh, stream it a couple of uh, years ago, and uh, yeah, it looked cute. I mean, it looked really primitive. Yeah, it's it, it, just, it reminds me of like one of the one of the first uh, like almost fan games. You know, like some of the, mm-hmm. some of the. Stuff that came out of like AGS in 2003, you know, had this kind of this kind of fan gamey uh, amateur vibe about it. I mean, some of them didn't, and they were amazing too. But but yeah, just reminded me of like a like an AGS uh, fan game, but but way back in the day. 
Um, but spooky nonetheless. So yeah, maybe one day I'll mm-hmm. try it. And there's two more of them. But and I think they were always freeware, so you could probably just go go grab it if you want to. And the mm-hmm. last one we've got as as we just just running fully out of steam is uh is um Operation Stealth. Or d- depending on where you live, James Bond 007, Operation Stealth. So yeah, in the United States it was James Bond 007, the Stealth Affair. And then Yeah, that's ev- what I've got. Everywhere else, I believe, it was Operation Stealth. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because mine's 007, James Bond, the Stealth Affair. Yeah, that's definitely what it says. So, so Yeah, some, some sort of rights uh, issue, I guess, where for some reason they only had rights to James. Maybe they only... Yeah, that, it's really weird, because if, if they got the rights to the James Bond name, I wonder why they didn't use it everywhere, because they, I'm assuming, weren't allowed to and had to just yoink his likeness out of the game and take the name away, but... It, does, it doesn't matter. It's it's an adventure game. It's by Delphine, and yeah. it it looks it looks good. It looks it looks like I you know I'll say that I want to play it and plan to play it and you know proceed to probably not. And then you know just just for the fun of it, uh, I will say that there there was there was video games released in 1990 that were not adventure games. Mm-hmm. Um, what? No. Yeah, which is I know it's it's <laughs> it's just ridiculous. It'll they'll never catch on. This, these other, these other genres, but there was uh, Super Mario World, right? I mean, it mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't get a whole lot bigger than that, I guess. Um, no, that's a fan freaking tastic game, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, exactly, and it's great. Um, but yeah, the, the flagship Mario for the new Super Nintendo came out that year, so we we can't mm-hmm. not mention that. Um, mm-hmm. And then just just uh, F Zero, Doctor Mario. Metal Gear 2, Final Fantasy 3, Castle of Illusions, something Mickey Mouse, Fire Emblems. Uh, I, uh, these these are very wordy titles. I'm not clicking on the links to say the whole name. You, you know it. You probably know it. I don't know. Castle of Illusions. When I, I was sick from school and my parents rented me like a Nintendo, I think, or a Sega, and Castle of Illusions was one of the games and I was really looking forward to it. And it was really freaking hard. I was shocked how hard the game was. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a, that's a good perspective too, because really, the, King's Quest V being difficult, we forget how ungodly difficult console games were in 1990. Like yeah. they just, you know, like like even the ones for children, like Ninja Turtles, they're just brutal. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely like brutal. talk about doing something over and over and over again, and then people are complaining about Sierra. Man, you can save in Sierra. Not even all Nintendo games like Metroid gave you a code. A lot of them are just like. Yeah, that's nice. Have fun restarting the whole game. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, did you get far? Oh, boo-hoo. You have longer to go before you get there again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to do, like, the whole world in Mario over if you, if you lost your three lives. But, but exactly. you know, I, I digress. That's, that's a whole that's a whole another episode, why, why it's okay <laughs> to die in other genres but not adventure. Um, uh, Smash TV, Snake's Revenge, Star Control, Mega Man 3, that's a good one. Uh, oh, pit, yeah. pit fighter. Um, if I had pit fighter, I don't, I don't just, I don't remember. But um, the the one last one I'll mention, we'll wrap this episode up, is not an adventure game, but it's a beloved classic. Uh, I've not actually ever played it, but it's Wing Commander. Everybody loves Wing Commander. I love Wing Commander. I, mm-hmm. I, I I've never played it, but I I feel like I I love it. <laughs> it's just an automatic <laughs> love. Yeah, and I'm just I, everyone's so enthusiastic about it and. It's probably great. Have you played it? Probably. My dad had, my dad played all these games. So like by the time 
1999 came around, I was again probably playing those games in the early 2000s. And by that time, I had a lot more games. So it's like, I can say, oh, yeah, I played like 15 games. But I'm like, how many games did you finish in that time era? Yeah, good question. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point, too. But yeah, okay, so it's, it's kind of 0 for 2 on both of us. But but I assure you, everybody else has played that game, and, and they love it. <laughs> and, and I'm just, I'm here for them, and I support that. And there's there's a bunch more, but I mean, I don't feel like saying names at you guys quickly. So let's just <laughs> let's just put this whole thing out of its misery. We're, we're good to go. You know, um... All right. Well, we 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 don't really have final thoughts. Oh my God, Ultima Six, uh, the the False Prophet, nineteen ninety. Oh, jeez, yeah, jeez. Yeah. If you didn't mention that, that would have been yeah. Trouble. Whew, that was close. Yeah. That was Whew. close. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, and, and also Dragon's Lair, that was nineteen ninety. Right. Everybody, mm-hmm. everybody listening probably lost a, a good a good twenty bucks or so to that. Um, At least. Mad Dog McCree. There, there, there was some good stuff. Michael Jackson Moonwalker. I really liked that game. Uncovered some weird facts about it in an episode we did about ridiculous games. Um, hmm. um, all right. That's 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 it. We're done. You guys can go now. Wait, wait. Hold on. Before you do, we're a Facebook group. We're a community. Come join the discussion. Follow us on Facebook. At, well, not at, but just, just on Facebook. At Classic Gamers Guild. You got to say at. You got to say the at. Um we're on Instagram at CGG Podcast. Also on Twitter at CGG Podcast. Come do us a bloody tweet. Say hello. Um, send us an email if you like. Mail at ClassicGamersGuild.com. Um, you can become a Patreon if you want. Patreon, just, just you know, you head there. You search Classic Gamers Guild, and, and suddenly it's asking for that three-digit security code. So just let it happen. But a huge thank you to all of our Patreons. Really appreciate you guys helping us cover the... Um, hosting fees for for Podbean and stuff like that. So thank you guys. Really appreciate you. And extra special thanks to those in said tier, which is Una and Gus, Jean-Francois Paget, and Jay Holmes, um, and then Mark Fillion. And Mark's game, Chinatown Detective Agency, is coming soon. Go check it out on Steam. Wishlist it. Grab the demo. All that great stuff. Um, check out Yak, Yak Wax Lips on... Fa- uh, well, yeah, sure, on Facebook too. Why not? But mostly on YouTube. That's that one's just you know, that one's for free because I, I just I like Michael and his channel. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. So we're done. Um, got a question? If you guys want to write uh, write us in, um, we're looking to spotlight and highlight a uh, modern adventure game. So if you guys have any suggestions for what you would like to hear us cover in that regard, send us an email and let us know. We're considering things like. Uh, one of the many amazing Wajidai games or one of Francisco's amazing games, um, Whispers of Machine, just, just you know, any modern adventure game, Thimbleweed Park, Unavowed, you know, wh- whatever. You, you, you get the point. Uh, if you want to hear us talk about one of those just at you for a while, let us know, and we might. So, you know, don't, don't do a murder. 